0: Hey, fuck boys and fuck ladies. This is Tyler from Worst in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worst in the Industry are their own and in no way representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization. Yell at us, not at them. Maybe send me a dick pic every once in a while. That'd be cool. Thanks and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast. Powered by Pinecast.
1: saying it, it's all of them i'm saying that that is the that is the mold now some of these boys they're like you're saying they're life and lean and ready to cream but they're not <laughs> they're exceptions they're not the rule life lean ready to clean my if you got time out, to lean you
0: got time to clean
1: you got time to lean you got time to cream <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh you work you work at a dairy farm <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what you doing? <laughs> you leaning it against the milking machine. Well, you know the rule. You got time to lean. You got time to cream. Get back to churning. <laughs> Get back to churning. Tyler, you wanna
0: you wanna take us in? Oh, okay. Hi, diddly Ho, neighborinos. This is Worst in the Industry podcast. Where this threesome of anamorphic humanoid sponge men try to use our absorbent hands to dismantle the oppressive establishment board by board. My name's Tyler, and the crusty crab is unfair. To my left
1: he is Foreman at the old dick sucking factory, Colin Stanley. To my right, and hey, bringing up the rear is Justin Saint Peter. Justin was a little little lackluster on the intro. You know what they say: if you got time to lean, you got time to redo your intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i got a fun episode today
1: so we, um, yeah, how do you, yeah yeah it's so you've been teasing us with this episode i,
0: I wrote this is the most i've written for a single episode so let's get into oh, it wow how do you ever, guys feel uh, or in a while uh, no ever
1: what about theranos didn't you write like four pages out theranos
0: uh this is 13
1: it's don lapree was like
0: Don Lepre like was like 4, was, words uh, or something yeah like that yeah. was that was like eleven pages. This is like thirteen. Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> how do you guys feel about Alcoholics Anonymous?
1: Uh... Are like real Alcoholics are Anonymous or the the fake uh, psycho one that Scientology runs?
0: Real Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: I don't like that you have to surrender to a higher power, but a lot of that other stuff is good. It makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> i i i've never really been a fan of like the 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 very forced christianity aspect of it well in the pamphlets in the pamphlets and the literature they say you don't have to be christian and it doesn't have to be a religion it can be anything but it's like every time someone's like and I've been sober for 15 years thanks to the power of Christ and the love of God. Like, it's never, it's never yeah, most like... most of
0: those people are Mike Lindell.
1: It's, it's never like a guy in his 50s who's like, you know, through the...
0: Through the... Through the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. No, no,
1: no, through... Through the enlightening presence of Allah in my life have I found the way to sobriety and given up the white man's liquor and the white man's pork and the white man's women. No, it's never that. It's never we need need
0: to start we need to start a midwestern version of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: It's called being an alcoholic. eh,
0: No. It's called going to a bar. Yes, you That's, just drink a couple Go to no, Mackenzie's
1: Tavern. That's just Midwestern drink, Alcoholics Anonymous.
0: You just drink a couple beers. Like, you need to relax. Yeah, all right? you
1: drink. <laughs> oh, moderation. Midwestern Alcoholics yeah, we're not, Anonymous. We're not bringing out, out the moonshine. Turning today. all the lights off in a bar so you can't see everybody else's face. That's Alcoholics Anonymous.
0: Yeah. We're not bringing out the shine today. We're just drinking a couple beers and relaxing. All right, all
1: right? Hey, no No stump whiskey. No white yeah. lightning today. We're just drinking beers. Yeah, I'm going to drink 30 beers to myself, but we're just drinking beers.
0: My problem with Alcoholics Anonymous, and the same problem that this company had, was that they're not militant enough. They need a Marine Corps. (laughs)
1: They need a what? There's yeah. no such thing as an army ranger of alcoholics anonymous. So Al- I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pose this question earlier. What exactly is the purpose of an armed wing of <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous?
0: Well, we'll find out.
1: Seems like a Waco thing to me. It's what what is it, just like an army of like that one woman who would just run into bars with a hatchet and break bottles?
0: Just wait. Just you Are wait, you talking buddy. about that
1: suffragette lady who was a real buzzkill? I don't know if she was a suffragette. I think she was just a teetotaler. Anyways, Tyler's trying to start the episode. No. Just
0: you wait, baby birds. So, man Mama, named Mama, Mama. Charles... Sheep, sheep, sheep. Charles Diedrich was born in Toledo, 1913.
1: Ah, oh, that explains it.
0: Yep. His father died when he was four in a car crash, and it would prove to be his mother's favorite. And he would become the father figure of the household. Oh, he would (laughs) He had he didn't have much time to lean,
1: because he was using a lot of his time to be a busy cleaning inside of his mother.
0: So his youngest brother died when Diedrich was eight from influenza and he felt responsible and guilty, so he turned to drinking and troublemaking at age eight. Yeah. He would go on to say...
1: That's a heavy weight for an eight-year-old to have on his shoe. He's just hammered. Just like, (laughs) you know what I fucking did? I fucking sneezed and it killed my brother. I'm old enough to be in here. I can see above the bar.
0: So he would go on to say, quote, I refuse to connect with children, even his own children, who he would barely speak to until they were adults. (laughs) Can't risk it. Yeah. He would eventually go to Notre Dame, but he would fail out because of his rampant alcoholism. He got married, divorced, got meningitis in the 1940s, was saved through penicillin, but left him with a facial tick and a droopy eye.
1: <laughs> so fucking droopy dog is like yep. drinking himself. He's like, oh, no. Basically. I just can't get my drinking in order. Cause my dead brother haunts my every waking moment Whiskey please
0: (laughs) Basically (laughs) So (laughs) So (laughs) He did what we all would do in this situation He decided to become a beach bum And moved to Santa Monica
1: Oh my god this guy We're on the same wavelength Holy shit I've considered it at least twice.
0: (laughs) He got a job at a place called Hughes Tools, got married again, divorced again, and then he was found on his kitchen floor by one of his co-workers after he didn't show up to work for days and was told, quote, Fatso, if you don't go to Alcoholics Anonymous, you will die. And that he did.
1: (laughs) Die or go to Alcoholics Anonymous? He went to
0: Alcoholics Anonymous. Damn. He, He went there every day. Every day he would go to meetings. Every... And, yeah, every day. Fucking day? Yep, every day. And he would become, like, a favorite speaker there. Like, people really liked to hear him do, like, speeches and shit. And one day, through a serious bout of paranoia, probably a result of brain damage from, me- from the meningitis, he wouldn't leave his room. He read Ralph Waldo Emerson's Self-Reliance... So oh, he decided no. to quit his job and dedicate his life to cleaning up other people suffering from alcoholism and to quote Emerson's self-reliance, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be.
1: That's, so, like, that's like some good advice, though. That's like yeah. some yeah. good, like, you know, satanic commandment yeah. shit going on.
0: Yeah, self-reliance is actually pretty solid.
1: Self-determination and all that, you know.
0: Um. So he Dude, lived off of he lived off of a thirty-five dollar unemployment check and donations from people, um, but money ran low, so he started um, diving into the world of doing experimental drug treatments to make some money. Oh no! What, what were they doing just, in the oh, What were they game. doing in the late fifties?
1: Acid. Oh so, no! This guy should not be doing acid. <laughs> oh god guys
0: so he's he's been <laughs> he's been sober <laughs> for about two years at this point point. and then he gets into an experiment from dr keith ditman to test good old government fucking brown acid oh, ditman fun fact about ditman he would go on to eventually testify in the manson case that he could have that uh manson could have persuaded leslie van houten Lulu to commit murder due to her constant LSD use. So, I'm gonna go out on a whim here, guys. This is an official worst-in-the-industry stance. You can quote any of us on this. Charles Manson did nothing wrong, and I, this guy n- is a piece n- of shit. No, he no, fucked a 14 no, year old. He fucked
1: no. a 14-year-old! <laughs> and he said that he felt bad about fucking a 14-year-old. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't say he felt bad about it. He was just like, ah, I should've done that.
0: Yeah, he's... <laughs> but, he's, just, he's just trying to twist up some bush hairs. Stop... <laughs>
1: i'm no, cutting this whole segment okay ma- okay manson did a lot of things wrong he shot a guy multiple times and left him yeah. for dead and fucked a 14 year old that is the official <laughs> worst industry podcast stance. i know there's plenty he did wrong
0: so <laughs> during these experiments he had an epiphany and said that he understood the world and that good and bad were one and the same
1: I'm sorry, I keep keep hearing Droopy Dog in a room just, I am freaking the fuck out, man. (laughs) The walls are melting, I can't stop looking at my hands. God's in this fucking pizza box. (laughs) Uh.
0: So, for here on out, his speeches at AA would become more philosophical and psychological as opposed to the earlier, more religious take on them. So through this he got a small group of followers together and they rented a small shitty storefront in Venice. Venice, uh, California.
1: Oh no, I didn't I didn't think you made it all the way to fucking Italy.
0: <laughs> and I need to stress to everybody that Venice Beach in the 60s was not like how it is now. Venice was one of the worst fucking places in Southern California.
1: Yeah, it was like a pile of broken glass that hippies would fucking.
0: Yep, and it was just completely riddled with, like, extreme poverty, drug abuse, and crime. So, the name they called this place at first was the Tender Loving Care Club.
1: The Tender Loving... that sounds like a swingers club. Wait... Yeah, right.
0: It wasn't. Well, it gets to that. It gets to that. Well, you know, that's good. So, then they started doing this thing that they would call The Game, which you all just lost.
1: Fuck oh, you. fuck you! Fuck you. God damn it! I suck my whole dick, Tyler. My girlfriend did you... this to me like a few months ago and I was so <laughs> pissed.
0: What do you guys think The Game was? Give me your best guess.
1: It's, was it's it fucking, it's, it's fucking. Sa- it's, it sounds like they were molesting children. Mm-mm. Thank, thank God. Was it like 30 fishing?
0: No, there's no, there's no molesting involved. There's
1: no molest. <sighs> thank fuck. Okay, so it's got to be violence-based, then.
0: Um, No, it's... eh, kind of close. uh, Are they just, like, beating the the shit out of each other? It's
1: like... You gotta, like... It's like hide-and-seek, and and then you just fucking pummel the person that you find.
0: It was basically... Oh! (laughs) No. One person would be singled out, and they would say, You have to tell everybody your life story right now. In the whole time everybody would just be screaming obscenities at them, telling them like how big of a piece of shit they are and just you could say whatever you wanted. And it didn't oh, have so to it's be like true. The
1: Scientology.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> basically. Oh boy. oh boy. The only thing that was off limits were threats of violence. This game would come to include celebrity guests showing up to scream at you eventually, which I will let you know the celebrities that would show up. And these sessions would look look like a typical 1960s AA meeting. Loads of fucking coffee and everybody blowing through packs of darts.
1: Thank they got I am off the booze. Yep. Ah, I got to go to my doctor about all these stomach ulcers all the fucking black coffee I drink. Yeah. So they you No, know, sur- I've been searching for a cologne that smells like one of those rooms. Oh god. Oh what? <laughs> Tobacco-stained fluorescence? Yep. And asbestos yep. falling into your fucking old coffee maker. Just stale black coffee. I do it's like, like that smell. That it's like, industrial... like that old uh,
0: bowling alley. Yes! B- bowling alley when we were kids. Ooh. When you could still fucking smoke in there.
1: It's There is a smell to like high schools built in the late 70s. It's The same smell as the DMV. Like a DMV from the 80s mixed with a bowling alley. That's the cologne I want to wear.
0: Yeah. So they survived this time by turning women of the group into sex workers, begging for stale bread from food trucks and donations. There was a shower here, only one, and it was a hose ran through a window.
1: <laughs>
0: eventually, anyway, the showers a shower. Yep. Eventually, not just alcoholics would show up too. Drug addicts would show up too, but the alcoholics didn't want them there. But Diedrich, being ever so savvy kicked out the alcoholics, kept the drug addicts. Stating that there already is an AA. He would come to exclusively calling them dope fiends, and he encouraged everyone in the group to call them dope fiends, including yourself. Nice. Yep. The name of this organization would be uttered by one of these drug addicts during the game when he slurred two words together. Seminar and Symposium giving them the name Synanon
1: Synanon
0: Synanon yeah. Syn- S-Y-N-A-N-O-N Synanon Oh
1: this is like this is like classic cult shit Yep I love it
0: So Synanon at this time was a, like a one to two year program um, but once people graduated they were encouraged to stay around so they don't relapse 1958 city uh, did an inspection of their building and found it to be not up to code and demanded it to be bulldozed. So he moved himself and about 65 followers to an old National Guard armory on the beach in Santa Monica. After 10 days of being there, he and three other Synanon members were arrested for treating drug addicts without a license and operating a hospital in a residential zone. He spent 25 days in jail.
1: That's not bad for... I mean, it is essentially just a zoning violation and a licensing issue.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't, like, you know, doing any medical... He wasn't giving them drugs or, like, doing medical shit. He was just screaming at them. Uh, yeah, he was just pretending to be a therapist. Yeah, basically. So, um, from here on, the media loved running story on, on Uh LA Times ran a two-part feature on them. The LA Mirror did a four-part series. And there was a 14-page photo spread in Life magazine where a congressman called Sinanon quote... The Miracle on the Beach, calling them, quote, a tunnel back to the human race, and was hailed in Time Magazine with Diedrich's claim that 80% of addicts stayed clean. He Man, was... how the
1: fuck do we get kind of that kind of coverage?
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: We gotta kill a guy. Yep. Nah, I guess we do need to kill a guy. Let's just find somebody we don't like. <laughs> we, we, this whole show is about... No no no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I, 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 I almost got you, fucker. I now have to cut this. You almost we are purge, dangerously close yourself. to to fucking premeditation. Premeditation. It's only premeditation if we follow through. Yep.
0: Yeah. So Diedrich would be credited with coining the phrase Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh wow he also had quotes such as crime is stupid delinquency is stupid and the use of narcotics are stupid he said that in new york times and said what sinanon is dealing with is an addiction to stupid and freedom to think a dope addict was like a gun to a baby and that they wash dirty oh mi- uh, they wash dirty brains this, this guy th- has some th- of the greatest quotes i have ever heard
1: Everybody who has like a brain injury is always like the smartest guy in the room in America. Yeah, you look think at about Enron.
0: that. Yep. So the governor of California at the time, Edmund Brown Sr., signed a Save the Synodon bill, giving them an exemption from health licensing laws. And the <laughs> California Medical Board was supposed to lay out rules to them, but never did. Um, so, so
1: they just decided that they didn't need a license yeah they they're like, it, like okay we're gonna fast track you to getting a license we're gonna they don't gonna they don't need a license just, Fuck it, you don't need it Yep, exactly. you don't need it because so, so, think about it this way right like this this point in history drug addicts are becoming a huge problem yeah. the state doesn't want to deal with them they don't want to spend all the fucking time and resources locking up because it's not profitable not profit. yet thank you joseph robinette biden uh boy. So, at this point, like, they're like, oh, this fucker is gonna take them and make sure they're not doing drugs? Cool, get him on the licensing shit that he needs. Oh, he's so manifestly incompetent and evil that he can't even do what's necessary to get the license? Fuck it, he doesn't need it. Just keep these fucking dope fiends off the street. I don't care where they're going.
0: Basically. So, it was about this time that Synanon completely abandoned the idea of people graduating.
1: (laughs) Oh, so you're just in for life now. You're an
0: addict for life, yeah. So, huge sums of donations came from celebrities such as Robert Wagner, Ben Gazzara, and one that Colin and Justin will hate to hear. Don't. Oh, boy, say it. Leonard Nimoy.
1: Leonard uh, Nimoy! Actually, I'm not that upset about it. Fuck that guy. And all
0: three of them would show up to play the game, and people got to hear Spock screaming the worst things you've ever heard at them.
1: I Okay, I do kind of want to be berated by Leonard Nimoy. No. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy was always an asshole. Nobody liked him. He was always an asshole. Now, if you're going to tell me that Jonathan Frakes uh, or, you know, LeVar Burton, they're going to scream at me, that would make me come. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't want LeVar, LeVar Burton isn't capable of that. He's not, he's, but that's why he's he's him doing man. it would make me come. Like him, <laughs> like the amount of rage that he would like, because he's, he is such a sweet, wholesome man. And he, he's yeah. apparently a very good father. And if he screamed at me like that, I'd get, I'd get hard as the dickens.
0: Yep. So I'm going to quote uh, the LA Times now. <laughs> Bill Lane was a 20-year-old junkie living in Brooklyn when his mother heard about Synanon on TV. There was no such thing as drug rehab in those days, says Lane. There were no help. You got busted. You went to prison. He arrived at the Santa Monica compound in 1962 with no money. When I first got there, I was sick. There was no medication. You kicked on the couch in the middle of the living room. I just got caught up in what was going on. In all honesty, I loved it. I had a fabulous experience. It saved my life. Every Saturday night, on threw a huge party, open to the public with a jazz band. It was the biggest thing in L.A., says Lane, but life centered around Synanon, Uh which became known as games or simply the game where members would sit in a circle and call people out on their secrets, their dishonesties, and their hypocrisies. I was terrified by them, fascinated by them, enjoyed them, hated them, ran the whole gamut of emotions with those damn things, Betty Diedrich would later on tell a Synanon interviewer. Before becoming Charles's third wife, Betty Coleman was a prostitute and a junkie. I think I stayed those first two or three days out of total fascination, she said in her first encounter with Synanon in 1959. I was sick as a dog. I was going through the usual withdrawal symptoms and everything, but I was just fascinated. I had never been around addicts in such a strange motley lot, you know, of people. It was a weird scene. I got caught up in it. Coleman would relapse a number of times, but she always returned, eventually marrying Charles Diedrich. (sighs) U.S. Senator Thomas J. Todd would go on to say Synanon could, quote, lead the way in the future to an effective treatment not only for drug addicts, but criminals and juvenile delinquents. Said that on the Senate floor.
1: It's not as fun as when they used to, like, beat each other on the Senate floor, but... The only yeah. time that ever happened was when, like... Okay, when Sumner got caned... was, like, a few times. When Sumner got caned, Sumner was a huge motherfucker. He was, like, my height. He was actually taller than me, I believe, uh, at yeah. the time. And the only reason he got beat up is because he was sitting at his fucking desk in the Senate, and then some fucking hillbilly with a fucking goiter came up and knocked him over his fucking head and then just kept beating him before he could get out of his fucking desk so the that the last time somebody got hit in the senate it was some fucking toothless confederate who deserved to be fucking face down in the dirt before dawn i mean do you remember the time that guy straight up got fucking stabbed on the floor that was before then right yeah yeah i think that guy was a i think the guy who got stabbed was a wig though so i'm not super upset about that either I don't really care if either of them got stabbed. All I care about is that somebody got stabbed. What do you you call the stabbing of a senator in the 1800s? A good
0: start. In 1965, the film Synanon would premiere, starring Edmund O'Brien as Charles Diedrich. Ooh. Yeah. Fucking handsome-ass Edmund O'Brien, playing this fucking goblin.
1: Isn't he the guy who played the horse in Mr. Ed? Now I just... (laughs) Handsome Hollywood actor just grabbing his (laughs) cheeks. All right, I'm (laughs) here for my seat.
0: So now, just 10 years after it being founded, Synanon had about 1,100 members, was getting $2.5 million per year in donation, had $7 million worth of real estate, chapters in West LA, San Francisco, San Diego, Tamales Bay, Reno, New York City, and where was the last one? detroit right. owned a fuck ton of gas stations
1: which gas station
0: i don't remember it was, yeah, ju- were it was just like franchisees within
1: a chain or did i they don't think own?
0: it was a chain i think it was just like you know oh, i don't yeah. really think they branded it or anything like cool, that just like
1: mom and pop ones just went around buying them up
0: basically mm. right. um so, they also ran a $1 million a year advertising business that sold office supplies and pens with the Synanon logo. Salespeople went to Fortune 500 companies and said, quote, buy from Synanon to save a life. I am currently in a bidding war on eBay to buy a Synanon pen, because now I really want one.
1: <laughs> oh, it's just like how I want the Heaven's Gate shirts?
0: Yep. Yeah. On, <sighs> uh, oh, the shoes?
1: Well, I Nike decades. Nike like Three hundred like eighty dollars right now. Like that's the cheapest pair. Oh, I they're could more find. than that. No, they that's are the cheapest more than that. Pair I could find was three eighty. Um, but like they have the shirts with the triangle that are very yeah. cool, and I want one of those. But they only make reprints now. I don't think any of the. Let's see sort of circulation.
0: to buy a uh, completely authentic pair that is checked to make sure it's real. I could buy one in my size for thirty five hundred dollars.
1: Uh and they're not gonna sell any fucking 14s. I tell you what, hey Nike. They <laughs> probably
0: did. They probably I... did have 14s. I mean, it was like a you know just a regular ass shoe. Nobody. They bought like them. They got a good wild. deal Do you on them. Think
1: they'd still have a size 14 Nike Decade kicking around somewhere?
0: Probably somewhere.
1: I would. I would fucking. I'd go hog wild for some of those, and get a matching <laughs> velvet shroud. <laughs> It reminds me, I gotta buy my Hooters uh, Hooters Remembers pin for the 9-11, <laughs> 20-year memorial. Oh, there you go. I thought you were gonna get, I thought you were like, I'm gonna get a trout soon. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> um, with Synanon being so massive, they started allowing non-addicts, or squares,
1: oh so they're gonna shame people for not eating fucking dope feet you don't know what it's like to drop your baby off drop your baby off the edge of your bed because you gotta catch the syringe that's fallen out of your arm fucking square
0: so um as a hazing ritual and routine punishment for not following the strict rules or relapsing uh, people would have their heads forcibly shaved to single them out.
1: That's what they did to Nazi collaborators in France.
0: Yep, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact. Many members of Sinanon would go on to appear as extras in George Lucas's sci-fi dystopian film THX 1138 because it was hard to find women with shaved heads.
1: THX 1138. Yep. What's that?
0: it's a george lucas film i'm sure it's terrible
1: what the fuck it's i mean yeah at one point george lucas was like a b-movie
0: director yeah so from here in the 1970s Sinanon went through a bit of a rebranding instead of being just a drug treatment program they kind of moved away from that and now it was uh like a psychotherapy program to try to attract middle class people through the game. By the early 70s, there were about 3,400 squares in California, New York, and Detroit paying to participate in the game. This was the height of the human potential movement and people were turning to cults like Synanon. So this like rebranding that they did, another thing they were doing was trying to make like a utopic society. Yeah.
1: Much like okay. much like the society I, in the film THX one one three eight. I can see where how they're they're starting to pivot toward this 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 militancy we kinda hit the towards in the beginning.
0: Yep. Diedrich would go on to say in his own words that Synanon was now a experimental society. And he started wearing overalls and soon it was <laughs> mandatory for everyone to wear overalls.
1: Oh man. Oh yeah, it's just like Seorg. Love this fucking half his brain damaged former alcoholic. I love taking orders from him.
0: Yep. So it's not long after this that Diedrich quit smoking cigarettes, which was a three pack a day habit.
1: What? So, yeah. I'm going cold turkey.
0: So <laughs> You're going he to die he banned smoking <laughs> in synanon and this was the 1970s oh, okay no. this was yeah i swear to
1: fucking god if any one of you motherfuckers <laughs> lights up a goddamn dart within a hundred feet you know what no 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 more cigarettes no more cigarettes in the building you, no more cigarettes on the ground what do you mean no those no, no more cigarettes everybody smokes no more cigarettes you an go Applebee's, and the staff you. is smoking
0: <laughs> so uh, he said it was because Synanon was spending $250,000 a year on cigarettes, or about $1.5 million in today's money.
1: Gee, fucking nuns and babies were smoking in the 70s. That's yep. uh, th- we had a budget. <laughs> high school mascots! were smoking fucking uh, inanimate objects and the family pets were smoking i don't know how you can can tell a bunch of people to stop smoking in the 70s
0: especially people that are recovering alcoholics and drug addicts they're like this is the
1: only thing some days i've had days and i'm not a recovering drug addict where i'm like if i didn't have a cigarette in my hand i would have hurt somebody today uh and they can't they're just like no no more (laughs) like come on man these are people hanging on by a thread
0: So, this mandate caused about a hundred people to just leave immediately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! I can't smoke in here? Half the reason I was here. Goodbye. A
0: (laughs) hundred people heard that and were like, fuck this, and just left.
1: What do you mean you're not providing the smokes anymore? It's the
0: 1970s in a sober living institute. What do you mean I can't fucking chuff a dart?
1: Yeah, they didn't even paint the interior. It's yellow throughout the smoking.
0: Yeah. So, uh, things got even better for Synanon in 1974, when the organization was granted religious status from the feds.
1: Oh, they got that tax exempt! Oh, Tyler, without trying to, both of our episodes relate to the same thing.
0: So. Dan Garrett, who was their lawyer, saw the, po- the potential benefit in the tax-exempt status, but also, being a religious organization would mean they wouldn't have to be licensed, and it would weed out pesky questions like, When do they graduate? Why do they have to <laughs> obey? Nobody graduates from a religion. Diedrich loved this idea, and the board approved the plan unanimously. But on one of the copies given to the board, someone wrote on it, a little note: Who will be God?
1: I think we have an answer, boys.
0: Yep. We're gonna find out. So, Senon started as a drug treatment program. And Then it was trying to make a utopian society for middle class people. Now, where do we go?
1: Cult. Wait. Making they're gonna sell. They're gonna sell fitness equipment. They're gonna sell like Peloton making bikes.
0: Fucking bands, boy. So. At this time, Synanon put out a new slogan, The People Business. Oh,
1: no. The, the People Business. In
0: 1976, I'm going to read off a list of their assets here. 5,500 acres of property, including the five-story Del Mar Club, known now as the Casa Del Mar Hotel in L.A., and a bunch of nearby apartment buildings, three massive compounds in Marin County, and one in Badger, California, complete with an airstrip, 200 cars, 400 motorcycles, 62 freight trucks, 20 boats, 12 airplanes, and a million dollars in the stock market.
1: They're definitely fucking kids.
0: At this time, Diedrich was making annually about $100,000 and got a $500,000 pre-retirement bonus. In today's money, that's about $600,000 a year and about a $2 million pre-retirement bonus.
1: (laughs) Pre-retirement bonus? Any day of your life is pre-retirement. What the fuck?
0: All right, I'm going to I'm going to read my favorite quote from him. This was in Time magazine. A lot of guys could do this thing from an old Ford Roadster and sit on an orange crate. They're holy men. I'm not. I need a $17,000 Cadillac. Did you ever play King of the Mountain when you were a kid? I liked King of the Mountain. I won. I won. I was there the firstest and the mostest. I was the smartest and I was older than the rest of the guys. I won. I won. The gang does not expect me to... Well, let me... Let me say this terribly unforgivable thing that is true of most people in my position. I am not bound to the rules. I make the rules in a particular way.
1: At least he's fucking being honest. That's what yeah, I hate. He is not hiding. When shit. fucking Kenneth Copeland is like I don't take, you know, public plane. I don't take I don't fly outside of my private plane because demons are in coach. It makes you hate him more. This makes me respect this guy. This makes me go like, yeah, no, he did win. He's right. Everything he's saying is true.
0: Now we get to the best part about every cult. is when the media starts paying attention to them.
1: And they start cracking under the pressure.
0: So, the San Francisco Examiner called Synanon, quote, the racket of the century. Synanon sued them, and the paper had to pay $600,000 and run a full apology on the front page. (laughs) Damn. Synanon, yeah. Synanon sued a local TV station, which was settled out of court, and when Time magazine, for some reason now, turned on them, called them a kooky cult in 1977, the reporters were threatened, and the Time editor-in-chief was stopped outside of his apartment by two men with shaved heads who told him, we are going to ruin your life.
1: <laughs> Honestly, bullying journalists is kind of fun. It's kind of, it was, it's a- kind of fun.
0: Yep, and uh, it was at this time that the head-shaving and the game was used to coerce people into committing violence. Yeah! So, Diedrich would go on to say to a television reporter after the Time Magazine editor incident, (sighs) quote, I don't know what these people might do. I don't know what action they might take against people responsible, their wives, their children, Bombs could be thrown into odd places. Into the homes of some clowns who occupy high places at the time organization.
1: Yeah, that'd be an odd place. It'd be an oh, odd so he's place. he's just, like,
0: openly making threats. He's d- yeah. No, he's
1: not open. He's saying, I don't know what they could do. Could they throw a bomb and kill your entire fucking family for asking me these questions? Who's to say? Who's to say? That's a... I love this shit. This is great. I fucking love this. I'm on this guy's side. I'm, on, I'm in his corner.
0: <laughs> so... Here's where we'll get to their Marine Corps. Oh, boy. That's one of my favorite sentences I've ever said on the podcast. Um, (laughs) So now we'll get to their Marine Corps. Um, So they were called the Imperial Marines, and they set up this paramilitary group that developed its own martial arts called Sindhu. And by 1978, they had hundreds upon hundreds of guns. About this time, a Synanon newsletter said, quote, We're concerned about the rising crime rate. If trouble should occur, we're prepared to handle it.
1: Yes. Yes. This is great. Yeah.
0: And being so concerned about the crime rate, they started crying. They started oh, Monica, It's the only way to fight crime. Hey, 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 yeah.
1: hey, hey. If we don't do these crimes, someone else is going to do them and innocent people might get hurt. So we better do them first so there's no crimes left to be done.
0: Yep. So (laughs) in Santa Monica, they beat the shit out of two black couples who parked their car at a Synanon apartment building. Three members admitted to assaulting a Marin County rancher, and they were hailed as heroes by Diedrich. And another rancher was pistol whipped.
1: I take it back. I'm not on their side.
0: Diedrich yeah, would go on to say, yeah, quote, hey. nonviolence was just a position. We can change positions at any time.
1: <laughs> you're going to, at the end of this, you're going to be like, and yeah, he is now a, he is a retired Republican senator. <laughs> yeah, the,
0: this guy's a fucking riot, honestly. Oh, I love him. He should have run for so, president. Oh, yeah. Uh, he would send these decrees all through the sit on facilities it was basically like the radio through the whole building was oh was this just on guy the PA screaming system? yeah uh and they called it the wire The wire. Yep.
1: oh like jonestown
0: uh-huh and it was about this time that he decided that no members should have children i think children are a very bad investment
1: <laughs> yeah he's right
0: All the dummies, you, 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 all of you, you all just sit there and this organization gets richer and fatter and more fun to be in and more powerful. You love that. You're all alike. You're all alike. You sit there and mum when I make these speeches. I've done exactly like what the rest of the guys do that run the world. I could have run a state, a country, a city. It doesn't make a difference. I'm one of those guys. I know that magic.
1: He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's clearly got the juice. This guy could have got me.
0: So, women were forced to get abortions and sterilized, and men were forced to get vasectomies. Eh. If you refused, they would play the game, and they would beat you within an inch of your life, and, uh, you know, play the game, and in the next room, there would be doctors waiting for you.
1: To, To sterilize you? Yep. That's fucked up.
0: One man... Yep. One man, his name was Phil Ritter... Uh, didn't want to get a vasectomy, and was kicked out. But he had to we- leave his wife and child behind. Uh. The next thing came after uh, Diedrich's wife died, and he wanted to remarry. Oh. Yeah. His,
1: his, his addict wife? Or his former uh, his addict former wife? His former
0: addict wife, yeah.
1: Oh, did... Now what in the world happened to her? her soul yeah, must I, have jumped really into a, a younger her. body.
0: She was, they're, like, older at this point. so. Oh, okay. um
1: so that was probably like yeah, probably the years not of suspicious. doing drugs and being old.
0: Uh at the time he was sixty four, so she was probably around 60. around there too. So uh, Diedrich said, quote, I sent up a flare, like any monarch of old times would have done. I let the word out, I was available.
1: <laughs> it's I like this guy's fucking mock. He's got yeah. the attitude, right? Like Everything that he's doing is obviously like horrific and disgusting. But just like his style, like his flair, like it's kind of He's got- like a
0: he's like a fucking uh He's like a charismatic Hubbard. To quote it's,
1: yeah. To quote the It's like Elron Hubbard, but not that bad. To quote the son but not of a the founder fucking nerd. of Children of God, Dad was a sexy guy. I yep. <laughs>
0: oh god
1: dad was a sexy Deirdre was a sexy this is sexy like even so, if it's not personally attractive this level of like animal magnetism and confidence it's sexy
0: oh he was like five foot one and fucking yeah he had the too. cult leader body yeah
1: oh yeah he was he, okay so he wasn't that different from l Rod <laughs> yeah. yeah fucking couldn't so, pick, pull, pick him apart in a lineup
0: He would go on to marry a 31-year-old Jenny Shoran. Nice! But after this, he decided that Synanon marriage is no longer permanent, and followers were bound to three-year love matches. And that's a maximum of three years.
1: Love match, baby!
0: So uh, Synanon already had a separation policy for parents and children, but now it just confused kids more when they got to see their parents once a month. And mom and dad... It show up but you got a new mommy but the next month you have a new dad and then it's like it. it everything's just constantly changing um, I've heard one this person wrote childhood development yeah one person wrote a book as, uh, about her experience as a Synanon kid which is a really fucking good book um, I started reading it but I need to finish it and uh, she said that when she was finally released and put into foster care someone had to explain to her what a grandparent was
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Phil Ritter filed for a motion to be able to see his three-year-old daughter, more. And one day in front of his house, two men with shaved heads walked up to him, beat him within an inch of his life with wooden mallets, and he had a fractured skull. And this would be among at least 18 other attacks later linked to Synanon. So... I'm going to quote a L.A. magazine now. Paul Morantz always wanted to be a writer, but a girlfriend had convinced him to go to law school as a backup. He had success in fields writing for magazines like Rolling Stones and a made-for-TV movie. But he gained even more distinction as an attorney, suing a group of nursing homes that were kidnapping homeless alcoholics, shooting them up with Thorazine, and collecting Medicare and Medicaid for treating them. The nursing home case was all-consuming. He planned to get back into writing, but in June of 1977, he received a call from a man named Ed Wynn. Ed's wife, Frances, had a history of psychosis. When Ed noticed she appeared to be on the verge of another episode, he planned to take her to a treatment center. Before leaving, he told her to go to the Venice Family Clinic for a tranquilizer to hold her over. The clinic, however, suggested Frances should go to Synanon. She went thinking she was going in for a simple counseling session, but within minutes of walking through the doors, she found herself being shorn by someone with an electric razor. She was screamed at as part of the game, told her husband didn't want her, and only Sinanon could help. The next day, Francis was shipped by bus to a facility in Tamales Bay. This, she was told, was her new home. Ed had no idea. When When he went to visit her, thinking she was still in Santa Monica, he was informed that he couldn't see her for 90 days. The story tugged at Morantz. He called one of his contacts at the public health department and asked what Synanon was licensed for. The voice on the other end dropped to a whisper. Synanon's not licensed. How can it not be licensed? asked Morantz. We don't understand it either, the health official said. And they don't let us in. Back in the 60s, when Synanon was charged with running a hospital without a license, Governor Pat Brown signed a law clarifying that Diedrich's brand of brand of drug treatment wasn't medical care per se and didn't need a license, but the bill didn't specify anything about treating mental illness, which meant Sinanon could be responsible for taking in Frances. Morantz pressured Sinanon to release her. When he and Edwin went to pick her up, they saw a sea of people with shaved heads and overalls. Smiling gave Morantz goosebumps. Something was seriously wrong. I had a sense, Morantz recalls today, that everything in 31 years of my life that had happened previously was all pointed towards this moment. This time, that this was going to be the test that I always wanted to have. Morantz effectively declared war on Sinanon that day. And Sinanon responded in kind.
1: He sees a sea of p- people identically dressed with identical shave heads, all smiling. He's like, I had a sense something was wrong. It's like, yeah, you it's fucking like think, but... In the birds. Like it's that's Hitchcockian. Oh, that's great though. That's uh, just imagine how fucking creepy that would be. Just rolling up this place, like you're hearing all this weird shit about them, and they're just all just fucking empty eyes staring and smiling at you. Oh my god, yep. children of the corn, bullshit.
0: So <laughs> after this, Deidre could be heard on the wire saying, "Quote: Who is this guy Morant? How <laughs> does somebody break his legs?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Who are you?
0: Yeah. In a recording of a speech later seized by the LAPD, Diedrich fumed, <laughs> We are not going to mess with the old-time-turn-the-other-cheek-religious posture. We're going to... Our religious posture is, don't mess with us, you could get killed dead. Physically dead. We either have a good thing here or we don't. If we have a good thing here, then we are not going to permit people, like greedy lawyers, to destroy it.
1: Physically dead. Medically dead. Physically dead. Medically.
0: Metaphysically. Legally dead. (laughs) You're dead. We're gonna kill them. uh,
1: Physically. Physically
0: dead. Diedrich would go on to make a hit list of Synanon em- enemies for the Imperial Marines. Included uh, Phil Ritter and Paul Morantz. Art Warfield, the security chief, <laughs> directed one of the Imperial Marines, Joe Muzico, to go kill Morantz. And he, Marantz are, uh, Joe Muzico said the job would cost $10,000. Synanon board said that price was way too fucking high. And they'll take care of Moran some other way.
1: Hey, we want to kill this guy, but we want to shell out ten grand.
0: Yeah, we need to do it on the cheap, all right. (laughs) So, Deidre claimed to have quote a very dim memory of 1977 due to having a series of strokes that year, but would say quote most of what Synanon did in 1977, at least what I knew about it, I approved of because of (laughs) because as I pointed over out over and over again, I'm a hell of a good executive. And not too much ever went into the organization that I ran that I didn't approve of. I don't know everything that went on, of course. He's
1: just incriminating himself. He's just incriminating yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. And then attempting to be like, but you know, know, know not p- plausible deniability. It's I know everything that went on. I, approved, but so, I don't no, nothing.
0: So uh they decided to go the cheaper route and didn't do anything I guess you could call normal. <sighs> Joe Musico and Alan Hubbard attacked (laughs) Phil Ritter the guy that that got his skull fractured with wooden mallets in his fucking driveway yeah the one who was trying to see his Um, kid more yep Um, so Musico and Lance Kenton traveled to LA to perform the hit on Marantz guess what head ass looney tune Tom and Jerry ass fucking way they decided to do it
1: was it with the wooden mallets again because that is pretty like old timing dynamite Nope. Uh, uh, Tied him to the train tracks. Um, oh. uh, one more guess. One more guess. You got it. They were gonna fucking drop an anvil on him. They slapped him with a whole ham.
0: They put a fucking rattlesnake in his mailbox.
1: <laughs> that's great. Because that's actually not a bad. That's like a pretty smart idea. Because there's there yeah. is a plausible deniability. It's like oh yeah, it's rattlesnake got in his mailbox.
0: The, if, he, the how, headless how the rattlesnake, rattlesnake would it. appear in court later.
1: The the what?
0: The headless well, rattlesnake, rat, Like they killed, killed the rattlesnake? Yeah. Well, you can't yeah I know how rattlesnake. you kill a Can't a bring a live Why rattlesnake
1: the... into court, Justin. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's the okay. Well, the way that he said that made it sound like it was a fucking
0: character witness and not a piece of evidence. I'd
1: like to call as my next witness to the stand a headless rattlesnake.
0: <laughs> the rattlesnake bit him, but it didn't kill him. Uh, the day after Muzico and Kenton were arrested. Uh, a month later, 30 cops surrounded the new $1 million compound in Lake Havasau to arrest Diedrich on conspiracy to commit murder. And in an act of true poetry, he had to be taken to jail on a stretcher because when they found him unconscious on the ground, there was an empty bottle of bourbon in front of him. Yeah!
1: Good. Oh good the, the 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 poetic irony yep self-reliance
0: who's chivas regal it's good it's good bourbon
1: i thought chivas was uh, oh no that's not
0: a bourbon it's a whiskey
1: it's a cognac right
0: it's a cognac oh yeah it is a cognac My yeah
1: bad. that was uh, that's what fucking hunter s thompson would drink all day
0: right that's right on sh- over shaved so, ice the best way to drink Shaved cognac. ice shaved ice shaved ice no.
1: god damn it
0: Diedrich would go on to plead no contest to the conspiracy charge. He was fined $10,000 and got five years probation. The IRS revoked Synanon's tax-exempt status. They were ordered to pay $17 million in back taxes, and Marantz would go on to provide hundreds of documents implicating Synanon in criminal acts, and the court ruled against them in 1984, stating they had, quote, a policy of terror and violence, and diverting corporate resources for the enrichment of individuals. They officially declared bankruptcy in 1991, but there is still a branch operating in Germany.
1: Well, we will we will have to continue to keep an eye on uh, Steiner. On...
0: I think so. Shaved oh, heads there's and a little bit
1: Germans more. don't mix well, historically speaking. So.
0: <laughs> so Diedrich would go on to move into a double-wide trailer and die in 1997. Ooh, Bay, oh. a- Bay Area congressman and future Oakland mayor would salute him on the Senate floor, saying, Diedrich distinguished himself in the area of drug rehabilitation and amassed a great wealth before his organization was associated with violence and tax problems, claimed Dellums. His approach to rehabilitating drug addicts has become a major paradigm for drug recovery in therapeutic communities the world over.
1: No. That's yeah. That's not true. Oh, the part where you're an addict for life is true. Like yes. Okay, sure, but like the screaming and people and <laughs> the, the rest beating of it. them and the yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> the rest of it. You know, the actual treatment and
0: and to and to sum it up, I'm gonna end with a little update on Paul Morantz, the guy that got bitten by a rattlesnake.
1: Yeah, how's so he doing? He
0: would go on to litigate against the church of scientology and the hari krishnas and would help with many great laws to get passed such as protecting minors from abusive live in institutions Fuck yeah. he is still California, alive yeah. though unfortunately plagued with neuropathy arthritis and blood disease from the rattlesnake bite but he still has a sense of humor saying i'm going to set the record for longest murder ever
1: that's fucking great. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's that's fuck. That's a badass. Can we send line. that guy mm-hmm. some flowers or chocolate or something? Yeah,
0: it's he, Jesus. he does. He, he seems like great guy. He's
1: he did with his life what we always well at least I always wish I could like actually help people. <laughs> yep. Right.
0: Good guy, Paul Morantz Here the story.
1: Holy fucking shit! Shout yep. out to yeah, a real he, one. Yeah, he really is.
0: No, that's uh, that's Synanon.
1: Uh, that that sure fucking is synonon. Jesus H Christ. I like how the founder got the Midwest retirement. He died <laughs> the in a Midwest double wide trailer. Retirement?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Died probably in a double wide trailer death. with his fourth wife, who's uh, half his age,
1: and drinking himself to death oh. more than likely. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Probably back to asshole. smoking cigarettes too.
0: Oh, probably. I would hope so. Uh, I would hope so. Yep.
1: Well, this asshole truly was one of the worst in the industry. Let's
0: give it up for a real one, though
1: oh god yeah we uh, always he... i do like when we get to see <laughs> i like when we get these guys like fucking uh fucking uh don Lapierre, uh or lapree uh yep. and this motherfucker they're like technically they got away with it but in the end do they really get away with it like no no they kind of they lived the last parts of their yep. lives in horrific misery which is all they deserve mm-hmm. oh yeah all right great well, style though yeah great right. fucking style
0: yeah. He had a, he had something special about. Why him. doesn't
1: somebody break this guy's legs? He will be dead, physically
0: dead, literally, legally, physically literally, dead,
1: legally, medically, physically. I'm, I'm gonna start threatening to physically kill people. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you with a Phys- real gun. Really, really, real really fuck gun. myself over for the later court date. Like, did you say you were going to physically... I was a metaphor. You said physically kill. <laughs> I feel like... It was a metaphor. There's not a lot of wiggle room rhetorically, Mr. Stanley. Please call me <laughs> Colin. Mr. Stanley's my father. This is a court hearing, Mr. Stanley. <laughs>
0: uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, All right. Does anyone well. have ice for this Michelada? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I brought it in my travel coffee cup, but, uh, you know, get it back to security.
0: Got any shaved ice here? Hey,
1: got any, sha- any shaved, shaved ice <laughs> for my cognac? Yes. <laughs> him cuffed to the chair uh, sweet <laughs> oh that'll be oh, nice. well. Wow, that was that was one hell of a story about one hell of a fucking i he Scumbag. Th- that is a he is a shape shifting salesman he, yep. he's like if a rattlesnake was a man yep. yeah honestly yes yeah
0: well Jesus. i don't follow us All on right. socials yeah, yeah. yeah, email uh, us we'll, some more we'll funny shit thing. oh my god yes yeah.
1: please please shoot us some more listener submissions thanks again get jen. a couple more from jen we'll, we'll we'll start going and uh going and uploading those so please please continue thank you for listening this has been yet another episode of worst in the industry podcast well
0: bye bye